Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Well, you're in for a wonderful, hopefully a wonderful interview, but what if you get a chance to see one of the best documentaries that you'll see all year, this is, this is it. Uh, this, it's called Author, the J.T. Leroy Story, and we are fortunate enough to have with us today the director of this wonderful documentary. Called, uh, the story is called uh, One of the Great Literary Hoaxes of, of, our, of many years. There have been a few others, but this is certainly ranks right among them as one of the more interesting, provocative, and fascinating stories. We're joined today by the director, Jeff Fiorzig. He is uh, the director of the author, the J.T. Leroy story. Jeff, welcome to Film School. Oh, thanks for having me. Hi. Hey, thank you. Uh, well, I guess um, I mean, a lot of people remember the the, uh, the buzz about uh, uh, J.T. Leroy and, and the stories that uh, the, uh, the author of these wonderful books. Uh, were you familiar with the subject before you got involved with this film project? Uh, I actually was not. Um, uh, when the story broke, the scandal in 2006... So, so we were not familiar with uh, with J.T. Leroy. So, so go from there. You weren't familiar with the... Uh, yeah, so in 2006, when the scandal broke, um, I had not heard of a J.T. Leroy, nor had I heard of the scandal when it broke, nor had I, I read the books. I was, I was a blank slate. But at the time, it was being labeled, quote-unquote, the biggest literary hoax of all time. And a journalist friend of mine turned me on to the story a few years after that. Um, I love Truth is Stranger Than Fiction Stories. And I thought this was intriguing. So I, I read um, you know, many articles that had generated a massive amount of ink. And I just thought to myself, there had to be more to the story than we were being told, perhaps much more. Because the author of the fiction on and off the page, Laura Albert, had held her story back. So I sent her my film, The Devil and Daniel Johnston, which deals vividly with the intersection of madness and creativity. And that film really spoke to her, and she decided that she would then share her story with me. This is, um, you know, it's a subjective film, and it's the first time we're hearing her, her story. And, it, and, you know, she wrote it, and she lived it, and now she gets to tell it. Okay, so you approached her about it. Was period of convincing her that she, or was did she see this as an opportunity to set a lot of the misconceptions and so, sort of sort of set the record straight as far as she was concerned? Or what was that sort of process of gaining her trust? It know? was simply her seeing my work. Um, okay. Other documentarians and, and Hollywood had approached approached her over the years, and she'd said no to everyone. Okay. Upon seeing The Devil and Daniel Johnston, she had made the decision that she was ready, and obviously she wanted to tell her story, but she felt that she could tell it to me, and that's how we began. Well, and can I just compliment you on The Devil and Mr. Johnston? That's a wonderful documentary. Um, Oh, thank you. uh, Yeah, it is. It's terrific. And again, Daniel is such a emotive, uh, such a uh, sort of a visceral uh, person, and that's how Laura strikes me. Uh, did you find similar similarities in their personalities? Well, they're very different people, but they're both uh, incredible artists. Yeah. Um, I, I came to read uh, the two best-selling books that J.T. Leroy wrote, um, Sarah and The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things. Yeah. 
And I love Flannery O'Connor and Southern Gothic literature, and I really felt like this was great writing, and I wasn't mm-hmm. surprised after reading it that it was so well-reviewed when they were, when they were published um, and became so popular. So I, I felt like um, it was a great story. It's a true story. It happened, and I wanted to tell that story, but I also wanted to, you know, show the power of this writing, this fiction that happened, um, you know, on and off the page. It was a very unique uh, pseudonym, uh, J.T. Leroy. It is. It, I want to let our listeners know that this this documentary is not only it's the story of Laura Albert and Speedy and all the different personas that she that she assumed and was supportive of and all that. But it's told in a very uh, um, visually a very interesting and uh, and involving way. You you use um, obviously footage from the era. You there's it's a it's a wonderful the way you kind of weave together this story. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, and I'm just curious in terms of uh, that. What were you sort of the style of the of the film? What was your sort of approach in terms of um, of that? Well. It, you know, the, this film has a massive amount of uh, archival materials, uh, which is which so does The Devil and Daniel Johnston. So it's fun to have um, Super 8 millimeter and hundreds and hundreds of photographs and early childhood notebooks and uh, audio verite and recordings and things like that yeah. uh, to to then create an immersive experience. So um, yeah. that was always my goal. Um, and I was able to do that because of the wealth of, of materials. And then also the metal level create really interesting animation yeah. uh, based on uh, young Laura Albert's uh, little boy-girl doodles that were in her child notebooks yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And just try to um, get to, uh, through subjectivity, um, you know, a deeper truth of what Werner Herzog calls uh, the ecstatic truth. Yes. And that's... And that's um, you know, it's a choice. I, I love films like uh, The Kid Stays in the Picture by Brett Morgan. Yes. Uh, certainly, um, James Toback's Tyson is a great film told just by Mike Tyson. Yeah. Uh, Errol Morris did it beautifully in The Unknown Known and The Fog of War. Uh-huh. And, you know, I find those types of nonfiction films to be really fascinating because it, it's almost like an interactive experience where the audience can think for themselves and make up their own minds and chew on ideas and, and then ultimately ask questions, uh, which, you know, this film raises interesting questions at the end. I think it, it asks, you know, what is fiction? And perhaps, you know, where does fiction come from? And I think that's, it's very thought-provoking. Um, I didn't know that was, it wasn't my thesis when I was making the film, but that's when I sat back and watched it at the end. Uh, that's, that's the questions it raised, and I'm finding that from audiences as well. I want to explore that in a bit but that idea of you even as a filmmaker someone who was immersed in the in the process of making a film and yet the the reaction you can have to something after the fact or as as once it's a finished product but i i want to first uh get into a little bit about the actual the the meat of the story that uh mm-hmm. Laura Albert and by the way that treasure trove of recordings the the uh, phone recordings are amazing mm-hmm. My God, it really adds so much to the story and gives so much uh, just sort of uh, um, context to, to her and her story. But um, let's talk a little bit about what happened back in uh, in the time when uh, Sarah first came out, uh, or just a little bit before that maybe. But just sort of explain how uh, Laura evolved into J.T. Leroy. Well, you know, Laura as you learn in the film, had a telephone hotline addiction since she was a young girl, and she had been calling uh, helplines and hotlines uh, 
uh, as boys for many, many years. Um, so later on, uh, when she's in her 30s and living in San Francisco, she called the helpline. It was her addiction, and she called as a boy named Terminator. And after many years, or I should say three years of therapy with this uh, phone therapist, um, he had suggested that the boy write as a form of therapy. And that gave Laura Albert or J.T. Leroy um, an audience, and he wrote, Terminator wrote, uh, the first story called Balloons that you see in the film, Mm -hmm. which metaphorically and literally launched the writing career of this boy, Terminator, who became Jeremiah Terminator Leroy. And, um, you know, the boy never sought a publishing deal. It got passed around as just really powerful, unique writing. And ultimately, the work got published, and the next thing you know, it snowballed. And there was so much success. And it couldn't have been pre-planned, but then the author, who was hiding in the shadows, um, liked that acclaim for, the, for, their, for her art, the writing. And she ultimately, uh, there was demands for readings. Yeah. It was a big mystique, because Terminator was just a voice on the phone all those years, yeah. J.T., but ultimately, she got her sister-in-law, uh, Savannah Knoop, to put on a hat, a wig, and sunglasses and go out in public as the boy, JT, <laughs> as uh, you know, the readings and, uh, became more popular around the world. It was a, a zeitgeist moment in publishing history because you had the fashion world, the music world, uh, Hollywood, all converged around uh, this writing, these books, and this persona. Uh, but Laura Albert, who... Um, was the author of this fiction. She then became another character uh, named Speedy, a British woman, the handler of JT, and so she was actually out in public. So it was a very interesting, you know, Cyrano-like relationship to be out there, to be getting the acclaim for this great writing and art, but at the same time not being able to fully enjoy it because the avatar, Savannah JT, was actually out there and people wanted to meet and hug and talk to Savannah. So it's very, very complex and very interesting, but um, hopefully easily understandable when you watch the film. It is, and I, I just have to say, it's so fascinating to see... By the way, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with uh, Jeff Viorzig. He is the director of the film, J, the author of the J.T. Leroy story. What is so fascinating on so many levels about this film is Laura, obviously, her her personality the different the creativity the art the artistic sensibility but also this idea of the fluidity of identity not only mm-hmm. just personal identity but sexual identity orientations all kinds of things play into this and it plays out across her literary life and in her real life as you describe JT is a man or a boy or whatever you know a young person young man and the way that all of these things sort of play out is it just is a fascinating story. Well, I, I don't even I appreciate have a that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, but it's a true story, and it, yeah. it happened. And all I did was try to tell it and tell it well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, yeah. I mean, again, I, it's just it's amazing. I, I I was vaguely familiar with this stuff. I had heard about it, but didn't dive very deeply into it. It's just mm-hmm. sort of a passing story to me. Well, you know more about it than me, it it turns out. (laughs) Okay. Well, I want to go back to the uh, the question I asked you earlier. So you've done, Um, how how long did the film take for you uh, to make? Well, this was, some people consider it fast. It was two years, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the devil, Daniel Johnson, was you know four and a half to five years. Right. So um, maybe I'm getting faster. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but two years of you know full immersion. Um, yeah. You know, I go deep inside uh, rabbit holes, and then I get to come out, and I get to play around in these other people's uh, lives and minds, and go on these journeys, and uh, it's very rewarding. And uh, yeah. but it's 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 full time. <laughs> it's uh, around the clock. And you you alluded to it earlier. Uh, Laura's Laura's life, her the, her story uh, as J T. Leroy uh, had a tremendous impact. You mentioned the, sort of the 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 uh, convergence of fashion and uh, film because she she became she's a big fan of Gus Van Zandt. Uh, actually worked with him on a wonderful film called Elephant, amazing film actually. Yeah. Um, and other things. So, uh, I guess at the end of the day, and I, again, I want people to see this film. Go out and see it because there's so much to it. There's so many layers. But I think at the end of the day, Laura it, it herself is in fact an artist. She deserves the accolades that she received for her work, no matter how her personal story unfolds. At the end of the day, she's a good writer. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And her books have just been republished okay. um, All right. by Collins. They're out there right now, so people are getting a chance to read them for the first time or perhaps reread them, um, yeah. and that's cool. And I know she's writing under her own name now. Uh, she's writing her memoir, which I'm, you know, I'm hoping we'll all get to see in you know, probably about another year. I want to go back to that question I was going to ask you, which is basically you you said you're an immersive person when you get into a film, you really throw yourself into it uh obviously you you, you I assume from the work you've done uh there's an emotional attachment to the people that you're working on and with in a film like this, and then at the end you see it you see it as just sort of i assume you can step back and see it as as a member of the audience or in some other level you can you can objectively watch a film your own film. What yeah. is what is that like? You sort of described it earlier, but I, I'm really um, interested in hearing sort of how your perceptions change once it's once it's done, once you look at it from afar. Well, the hardest thing is just to make a film that you're satisfied with, you know, with three acts that actually plays and feels like a satisfying full meal with with all the twists and turns and comedy and tragedy that are in these particular stories of Laura Albert and J.T. Leroy and Daniel Johnston's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, they're wild stories, they're crazy stories, but they're true stories. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can put them together well, you can make a unique cinematic experience. I think that's why we we go to the movies, and that's why we read books. We want to escape inside a really good story. We want to escape inside a well-told story. We definitely enjoy watching, you know, interesting, unique characters and minds uh, work their way through, you know, all of life's uh, struggles and obstacles. And these the stories, you know, I've been attracted to and to making these films, um, I, I think they offer all that. Yeah. So um, I'm enjoying it as much as an audience member trying to go on the exact same ride. If I feel I'm an audience member myself, I go to the movies, I read books. And I'm just trying to go on the ride I want to take. You know, it's like some people want to go to Disneyland and maybe they get on a merry-go-round, but others want to get the e-ticket and go to Space Mountain, right? Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, when I make a film that we're going to Space Mountain. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, it, it sounds like from uh, the first part of your answer, you're, you you want to make sure you've told a story and you've told a story well. Yeah. And and that uh, you know and isn't that the essence of what all of it writing uh, films all of it is telling a story well and you've certainly done that with uh, author uh, the JT Leroy story um, it's a wonderful documentary wonderful film wonderful story uh, I appreciate your time coming here today to be on film school oh well thank you so much the film again right. uh, author JT Leroy story thank, thank you. you thank you so much You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.